live from Studio G in Minnetonka, Minnesota. This is Your Greenhouse Home, the podcast. And I am your host, Jesse, lover of all things green. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is episode two, and today we're talking about custom soil recipes for all of your plant care needs. I have with me today Annie. She is our event coordinator here at Tonkadale and our front end team lead. So she is leading the front of the house to ultimate success. She's also an avid plant parent and has experimented with and developed several custom soil recipes for different types and categories of plants. Hi, Annie. How are you doing today? Hi, Jesse. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here and talking about soil with you. I love soil. Uh, I took a soil science class in college. It was amazing. I wish I could go back. That sounds great. Yeah, by no means am I an expert, but I think that proves that with research and just learning yourself, you can kind of do anything and learn anything. So totally. I 100% agree with that, especially if you're interested and passionate about it. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know, uh, obviously, you you share the love of plants with all of us. uh, And you are a creative person, a maker. Just tell us a little bit about your plant parenting journey and kind of like what you're all about. Yeah, so I have a background in recreation, environmental science, and outdoor education. So nature has always been a part of my life. Um, I grew up around it. I love being in it. And I kind of discovered my love for plants while living in California a few years ago. Um, Just the the nature out there is so different than Minnesota, and it inspired me to kind of look into the plant journey and find plants that I'm really interested in. And I actually found a plant at Home Depot that was near-death, and I was like, I'm, that's just, this is my role. I'm going to be a plant savior. So I'm going to go out and find all the plants that I can and save them. Well, praise be. <laughs> I think that is amazing. And since we're talking about soil today, let's just dive right into it. Because we got to get to the nitty gritty of mixing soils and using soils. Uh, so generally, what are the components of potting soil? So generally, the components of potting houseplant potting soil is a soilless medium like bark. Um, we've got peat moss, cocoa core. Then we've got something added for drainage like perlite, vermiculite, coarse sand, um, and then something that's going to add some organic nutrients like maybe worm castings, um, just anything that's going to add some sort of nutrient to the soil. Okay. You... Uh you definitely passed the first exam in Soil Science 101. So Annie, talk us through some of the basic potting mixes that we carry at Tonkadale, something you could just grab off the shelf and what are the differences? I know we have like an organic potting mix. What is that good for and what are the ingredients that make it a great potting soil? So the green Espoma organic potting mix that we carry is mostly peat moss, Um, It's going to have a little bit of bark, some perlite, and then other organic nutrients. Um, It's strictly a peat moss-based potting mix. We have other potting mixes that don't have peat moss, but that's typically what I go to with that mix is that, yes, it has peat moss in it, so I want to make note of that. But it's great for most um, most houseplants, tropical plants. It's a good base. 
Okay, so it's a, it could be a good base for a mix or a standalone for a general houseplant. Sure, yep. Transplanting exactly. projects. So our organic matter in this mix is humus and worm castings, kelp, and shrimp meal. Sounds like a four-star restaurant. Exactly, yes. R- right there in a bag. And then it also has an item that's uh, really interesting to me, something I like to talk about a lot, and I'm sure you do too. It has the pat- their patented version of mycorrhizae. It's called mycotone. But uh, all of the espoma potting mixes do include mycorrhizae. What are mycorrhizae and why are they so important? Yeah, I love mycorrhizae. It was my favorite word I learned this year. Um, It's basically just a fungus that has a symbiotic relationship with the root system. It helps enhance nutrient uptake and in turn the plant provides carbohydrates for the uh, fungus. That's amazing. I we could do a whole podcast on the plant fungi relationship We'd probably need to bring in some sort of a PhD person, however. Yes. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's so fun. Can you imagine? There's this like whole world beyond. Be- I love fungus. Like actually the most, the biggest organism in the world is actually a fungus. So I think that's amazing. What? It's yes. like the upside down. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's in Oregon and it's a fungus that connects all these trees together. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. So are all of those trees one tree? Or yes, multiple trees. They're one tree. They're one tree. Yes. Wow. Okay. So we digress. We digress. Okay. So then we have other specific potting soils. There's a cactus mix, an orchid mix, African violet mix. Maybe speak to those and what are the key differences and why it's important to pick a potting soil for the specific plant that you're planning on growing. Definitely. So we'll start with the cactus mix. The cactus mix is going to be mainly just a little bit more acidic. Um, All of our succulents, cactus, palm, love an acidic soil. So that's a good base. Um, And then it's also got some sharper drainage, I would say, than the all-purpose espoma mix. The orchid mix is going to be a great additive um, amendment to a lot of soils if you're not using it just for orchids. It's mostly bark and perlite with a tiny bit of just uh, perlite, I believe, or uh, peat moss. Uh, horticultural charcoal, it looks like. I don't think it is. It has a peat base. Oh, it doesn't. No, no peat base here. Pine bark, perlite, oh, and horticultural charcoal. So, so you can use the orchid mix on other epiphytic plants like I... I would recommend using them maybe with like bromeliads or staghorn ferns, perhaps, just kind of depending on the growing conditions. But like you said, orchid mix is a great amendment for some of these custom soil recipes we'll be talking about coming up here. Right. Yes. And then on to our Coco Loco mix. This is my preferred houseplant mix. Um, In my experience, it's a little bit sharper drainage than the Espoma all-purpose mix. And it contrastly has... um, cocoa core in it instead of peat moss. So I believe cocoa core is just a little bit better because it's more sustainable for the environment. It's a byproduct of the cocoa industry um, and it's not as harmful as the um, farming of peat moss. Yeah, I think there's a lot of research going into soil soil medias and what like the best choice is for kind of the base of that soil, whether it be peat moss or cocoa core or other natural fibers. And so it'd be really exciting for our industry to get going here on some alternative potting soils, especially as people get 
really interested in creating their own mixes that are like customized to their plants and their specific plant needs. So other than those kind of our tried and true potting soils, there's a local, uh, a local company called Soul Soils, and they also produce uh, ready-to-go mixes that we love, love, love. And I think their approach and their uh, value statement really has to do is kind of a one-for-one one, um, basis. So you buy one bag of potting soil, they're planting one tree. And they have specific mixes that speak to just all-purpose. Uh, the cactus grit was going to be much grittier than the Espoma cactus potting soil. Very sharp drainage. It almost looks like granola, which don't eat it. It says that on the bag. <laughs> There's an orchid mix as well. So those are also excellent choices for your specific uh, specific plant needs. And so we, we can uh, leap off from what is offered on the shelf and we can customize our mixes to you know, fine tune like an instrument. You're fine tuning your soil to give the plants exactly what you need, kind of depending on what your goals and what you see as uh, where you'd like your plants to go, how you'd like them to behave or thrive in your environment. So, uh, Annie, talk to me about the different kinds of custom mixes that you have put together here or that you have tried at home. Um, I think you have four or five. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, there's five. Okay. Why don't you give us the rundown on each one and then we can dig a little deeper on the exact ingredients and what plants they're suitable for. Sure. So the one I use the most, um, I have mostly aeroids at home. My aeroid epiphyte mix, um, it's mostly for monstera, philodendron, ZZ, pothos, alocasia. There's a ton of plants in this category, um, but they thrive in humid environments, but rarely in wet soil. Um, they're sometimes considered epiphytes, meaning they grow on other plants in nature and they find their nutrients from air and rain. They require regular watering, but they do need quick drainage because they do like a drying out period. Right. I think brilliant. And aeroids are probably the most popular houseplant category right, right now. Yeah. And with uh, probably the greatest diversity offered, you know, within a greenhouse or garden center setting. So tell us what are the ingredients and how do you mix it up? So I like to use one part of all-purpose potting mix. That can be the Espoma all-purpose or the Coco Loco. One part orchid bark, one part perlite, and a handful of charcoal and worm castings. So when we're talking about parts, that sounds kind of sciency. Is it sciency or is it Think Pretty of it easy. more as like baking. Baking is like a science, but like a cup of potting mix to a cup of orchid bark to a cup of perlite. So basically a part or equal parts, you could say potting mix, orchid bark, and perlite, and then half that amount for the charcoal and worm casting. Correct. Yeah. And then when you mix soil, I guess when I have mixed soil, I like to just kind of like look at it. You can see the ingredients and kind of the ratio and maybe add a little bit here a little bit more a little bit less you know right yeah I also like to depend it on the kind of pot I'm using mm -hmm. if I'm using terracotta I know it's going to dry out a little bit quicker so I might do a little bit less perlite mm -hmm. um, if I'm using ceramic it's going to stay moist a little bit longer I might add that extra handful of perlite to okay that. well that makes a lot of sense now what is perlite 
Perlite is like volcanic glass. It's just heated minerals. Um, it adds aeration to the soil, but it doesn't really hold any moisture. Mm-hmm. True. I think a lot of people probably look at it and think, is that styrofoam? Right. Some growers will use styrofoam in their in their mixes to make it look like perlite. And I hate that. Ew. Yes. That sounds horrible. Uh, but you're right on. It is there for eration. Excuse me. Aeration. A-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. And to a- aid in adequate drainage. And, I mean, we need to go visit a perlite-making plant. That sounds like we would need to wear a mask. I highly recommend when you're pouring perlite into your soil mixes, you wear a mask because it gets super dusty. That I mean, that's a really good point. So, you know, not only to avoid black boogers <laughs> it happens let's be real here but you, we just don't need to be breathing that stuff in yeah i mean it's just like you know walking into a dusty basement or something it just it kind of gets all up in there and irritates right all right what is our next mix that you'd like to talk about let's talk about the next most popular one and that'll be our arid mix okay these are going to be plants like cactuses succulents aloe and plants in this category are usually characterized by succulent, waxy, or leathery leaves, and they thrive in hot, dry environments. They require sharp drainage and much less frequent watering. And you can usually tell a plant is in this category, like I said, by looking at the leaf and seeing if it's succulenty or leathery. That means that they hold most of their water in their leaves. Therefore, they don't need to be watered as much. Yeah, that thickness or mm-hmm. the waxy cuticle yep. uh, aids in keeping water in so that I th- let's see, the science term is called evapotranspiration, I believe. It's when plants, you know, take in water through the roots, they use it in the photosynthetic, they use it in the photosynthetic process, and then all the extra comes out the pores or the stomata with that waxy cuticle holds it in, right? Right. Yeah. Just like, you know, moisturizer on my face. <laughs> so what are the ingredients in your arid mix? So really, it's super simple. It's just one part cactus mix and one part perlite. And the cactus mix, remember again, has that higher acidity that these succulenty plants really love. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. And that is super easy to mix together. I love it. Uh, Okay, so we talked about cactus succulents, uh, euphorbias, which sometimes people think are cactus, but they're not. They're actually a relative of the poinsettia, which is... Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. Also uh, a euphorbia. There's like... Plant families are so interesting. We should have a podcast about that. But the euphorbia family is super diverse. Uh, It's stuff that looks like cactus. It's the poinsettia plant that's native to uh, South and Central America, Mexico, and even some perennial plants that are hardy here in our area, Minnesota, Zone 4. Not all requiring the arid mix, however. Right. So that's pretty cool. All right. What mix are we talking about next? So next, let's talk about our tropical terrestrial mix. Yes. This one's good for begonias, most ferns, mm-hmm. palms, phytonia, bird of paradise. And plants in this category, they grow exclusively on land. Now, remember the term epiphyte. Those plants can grow on other plants. These plants grow in the ground. They prefer a nutrient-rich soil that holds on to moisture longer but still allows for the mix to dry out a little bit between the waterings. Yeah, nothing, I mean, they don't want to live in a bog, right? Right. Okay. But you are right on with 
ferns and begonias needing that like rich organic soil. I just like to think of like the forest floor with the dinosaurs roaming around and all this ferny foliage and just how rich it is because of the nutrient cycle going on there. I guess that's what I imagine. Yes, exactly. How do we mix it up? So you're going to use a little bit more um, potting mix. So it's going to be a two to three part all-purpose potting mix. I would recommend the Espoma because these plants tend to like a little bit more acidity as well. Mm -hmm. And then the one part vermiculite and half part worm castings. Now we chose vermiculite for this mix as opposed to perlite Mm -hmm. because they're very similar. They're both derived as a volcanic rock Um, But then the vermiculite is going to hold just a little bit more water. Yes, it's almost like if you get a hold of a piece of vermiculite and kind of squeeze it, you can see these layers in it, and it kind of looks like a miniature sponge. Right. It's really interesting, and it's like shiny. Remember in um, high school science class geology that was it when you used to do like the scratch test oh yeah on rocks and minerals well vermiculite is probably like one of the softest i bet yeah definitely would it be a rock i'm not sure it's like a heated rock yeah a heated rock you know remember do you remember the song about rocks like sedimentary rocks do 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 i think i'm maybe a little too young for that one <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Meta, metamor, metamorphic. Is that a school of rocks? Rock? That's from the school of rock. <laughs> so good. I'm going to look it up after this. Maybe we can play it at the end. Oh, yes. That'd be amazing. Okay. I don't know if we have the rights to that. I'll just sing it. <laughs> Great. Okay. So we talked about, we're in the terrestrial zone right now, talking about vermiculite and worm castings. What the heck are worm castings? So worm castings are essentially worm poop yeah they have 60 different macro and micronutrients they also help stabilize the soil um, if it's too acidic or too alkaline Um, and they're just like kind of like a natural organic gentle fertilizer for plants yes i mean worms are amazing that's a whole nother podcast yes uh but they i mean worms are what make soil right yeah bacteria fungus worms it's all happening underground exactly Okay, so we love the worm poop. That's great. And like you said, it's kind of like a buffer or a pH uh, neutralizer in a way. I mean, plants do like to grow in general on the acidic side some more than others. Like a 6, pH 6 is probably about your average, but some might want like a 5.5, 6.5, or even a 7. It just kind of depends. And like, folks, let's just not get too carried away about our pH and worrying about pH in houseplants. We're just, you know, doing our best, offering them really good, healthy soil, and it's, it's going to be okay, right? It's going to be pH okay. <laughs> so if we're uh, venturing, you know, through the rainforest and seeing all these land plants growing on land, we might come across a swampy bog or something. And what kind of soil would we use for these types of plants? Yes. So this is going to be our carnivorous mix. Now, carnivorous plants typically are bog dwelling and they require evenly moist soil and a higher humidity to thrive. These plants are also more sensitive to the excess minerals in the potting mix and prefer to be watered with distilled or fertilized water. Now, that's super extra. Fertilized or filtered? Oh, filtered. I'm sorry. Filtered water. Distilled or filtered water. Yes. So you have to install a whole RO system in your house? 
pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or you can buy the jugs at the grocery store. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay, so what plants fall into this category? So monkey cups, the pitcher plant, Venus flytrap, all those goodies that love to eat those bugs in your home. Oh, yes. I love them. And they're really fun uh, for kids. Yeah, definitely. But I think sometimes... Uh, people in general maybe struggle a little bit with longevity here because they might be planting them in the wrong soil. Yes. So this soil mix is going to be a heavy peat moss mix at three parts peat moss and one part perlite just for added drainage because we don't want straight peat moss. Yeah. Peat moss is, you know, actually a bog. Yes. Yeah. Peat bogs. All that jazz. Right. And peat moss always offers more acidity. So even if you're gardening, so say you're planting something like azaleas or hydrangeas or blueberries, peat moss would be a great soil amendment um, outdoors because it does help in, it helps decrease pH, which also is increasing acidity. Right. Right. Cool. I love that. All right. I think we have... Maybe one more custom one mix more, to talk yes. about? Okay. Take us to church. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about our <laughs> prayer plant mix. Now, this includes Maranta, Calathea, Sananth. Am I saying uh, that right? I say it Tananthi. Tananthi. So the C is silent. C-T. I've never heard that word out loud. So. Tananthi. Tananthi. Yes. And Stromanthi. You got it. Yes. Stromanthi trio star would probably be the most commonly... Uh, associated with one that people are familiar with, but there's a few other varieties. Right, yeah, and plants in this category, they prefer a well-draining but consistently moist soil. Their leaves have adapted to open and close, which is why they're called prayer plants, um, to allow for collection of water that drains towards the interior of the plant. Now, a lot of these plants also do really well in self-watering pots. Oh, yes, because they can just, you know... Take it's it like, up as they need it. It's like a feed trough. Yeah, feed trough. I mean, hook me up. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. So I love this adaptation. And you've probably seen, you know, folks doing like stop motion or time lapse. Is it time lapse? You've probably seen folks doing uh, time lapse videos of uh, prayer plants or calatheas opening and closing mm-hmm. um, during the night. And I just think it's a really cool adaptation so this is how they preserve water and that's how they go night night right? yeah and put them to bed put them to bed yes good night calathea good night so tell us about the perfect mix for the prayer plant category so with this mix we're going to have two parts peat moss or cocoa core okay one part of all-purpose potting mix Nice. One part perlite and a half part charcoal. I like to add charcoal just because it helps filter out some of the impurities in the water and in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and these plants are kind of fussy. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's especially in the shorter, uh, shorter days, like winter when the days are shorter and you just don't have the same um, intensity of light. It's not that they like direct light, but the quality of light changes mm-hmm. and they can get a little crabby. But yeah. really what they want is, you know, high humidity so we can avoid the browning edges on the leaves. Yes. And then there's probably some sensitivity to high salt content in the soil or in the water as well. Right. Yeah. I would also recommend when watering these plants to use distilled water if you can because um, sometimes those 
the water in our tap is full of minerals and salts, like you said. So exactly. they don't like that. Yes. And if you're needing to fertilize, you can always add back fertilizer. And then uh, one thing that growers do and greenhouse growers do often if the uh, nutrient content in the growing media is off and we call it EC or electrical conductivity because you can, you can, and you can measure it and it has to do with salts and sciencey stuff. Uh, you can measure that and you don't need to do this at home, but if you start to see salt build up like around the bottom of your pot, sometimes that seeps through terracotta and you can see that salt build up or you just have a crabby plant, you might try leaching, leaching your soil. And so basically what you're doing is like Annie said, using some distilled water to push the salt and salt content out of the bottom of the plant. So it's like giving it a couple thorough waterings in a row to push those extra salts out of the soil. Yeah, whenever I water my plants, I always give it a good flush and mm -hmm. I let it flush a couple times through just to kind of rinse out some of that buildup. Mm -hmm. It's just good practice for any houseplants, I yeah, think. Yeah, good for houseplants, not great for farming. Yes. But in, a, in an indoor setting or in a greenhouse, it's a controlled environment, so, you know, we don't have Mother Nature to set the rules, so we need to, you know, do a, a few little cultural practices here and there to help them along the way. Anything else you want to talk about when it comes to mixing up soils for indoor plants? Um, just, you know, take care of your plants, learn about your plants. I think one of the best things you can do is research the plant you bought figure out its natural growing environment or the type of soil that it needs. Just set it up for success and you'll be able to reap the benefits. That's amazing. And happy plants make happy people, right? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, one thing we do offer at Tonkadale are these complimentary soil mix cards. They are in our care card catalog. Um, and all of Annie's custom soil recipes can be found there. So you can grab one on your way out the door. Uh, they're also available in a blog post on our website and we will link that in the show notes uh, or you can just search soil mix recipes or custom soil mix and you'll find it on our website tonkadale.com well this has been an amazing journey i have just loved learning about your passion for soil mixes and it's just it's just kind of fun it's something uh, fun and new to learn about so thanks for chatting with us annie yeah of course happy mixing everyone happy mixing take care everyone and we'll see you at tonkadale that's it for this week's episode of your greenhouse home the podcast i am your host jesse thanks for listening and we'll see you at tonkadale <laughs>